Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Woodman Corner Podcast, everything about West Bromwich Albion uh, that we cover. Uh, I'm Joe Chapman, I'm your host this week and I'm joined by fellow baggy Kieran Doody. Hi, Joe. How are you? Well, I'm better than you anyway. Uh, <laughs> Kieran's been off for a week with tonsillitis, so we, he's battling on, uh, and we're going to be uh, we're going to be chatting chatting all about uh, West Bromwich Albion past and present this week. Uh, we've got an interview with Pat Frost, the former Albion kitman, coming up. Uh, but before then, we're just going to kind of reflect on the week. It's been uh, Alan Pardew and John Carver left the club on Easter Monday, and straight away, of course, that the uh, the bookies' markets have come out and they've been talking about who could potentially be replacing him. Uh, quite eye-catching uh, comments is actually today have uh, have come from uh, Luis Felipe Scolari, who uh, led Spain uh, led Brazil to the World Cup in two thousand and two. Uh, he obviously had a spell at Chelsea as well uh, a few years a few years later, and then went back to manage Portugal and Brazil again when uh, Germany Germany beat them seven, didn't they in the. Uh, yeah. In the World Cup in 2014, so he's had a pretty extensive career. He hasn't had too many experiences of managing in Europe, um, but he has said uh, that. Well, actually, I quote: "He said, I like the Premier League so much. I always like the Premier League when I'm in the media world because I love the Premier League. And maybe next year I'm in the Premier League. No, sorry, the second division. I have offers, and I try to understand what they want. I have an offer from the second division in England. They are they are in the Premier League now." But I think that they go down to the second division. And in the second division, if you have a project for two years, that's okay. Maybe I accept, because I have offers in the UAE and China as well. I need to think. But England is fantastic. It's not a problem if it's the first or the second division, because the second division in England is maybe at the level of first divisions in other countries. It's not a problem. Uh, So, I mean, I'm trying to think of kind of how you nail this down, because he... He's talking about a team that quite clearly are going to be in the second tier of English football that are currently in the Premier League. And I suppose when you look at the Premier League table at the moment, that it can only be Albion. Yeah, there's no other choice. He's definitely talking about West Brom. Um, it would surprise me, though, if they've approached him and given him an offer already. It wouldn't have said they're taking their time on the next appointment. I mean, the, the prevalent word on Twitter with Albion fans is dinosaur at the minute. <laughs> and to employ a 69-year-old, yeah. it's just... They're asking for trouble, aren't they? I mean, oh, well, I mean, I, I kind of I, you look at the Chinese ownership, uh, and that obviously that's been that's been at the forefront of Westminster's football for the last year or so now, yeah. or, or, or even a little longer. Uh, you look at Wolves, who went and got Nuno Espirito Santo, big name on the continent, managed some big clubs. Yeah, Harry Redknapp and Jim Franco Zola, big names in football at Birmingham City. Roberto Di Matteo. Won the Champions League with uh, with Chelsea. He was named as Aston Villa manager when Tony Jarre went in there. It would fit that mould almost, wouldn't it? In you know that kind of manager yeah. who has accomplished so many things, uh, has won numerous. He's won a World Cup. For well, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's um, you know you can't do much more in football than that. I, know, I mean, he's he's obviously got a very rich CV. Um, I think he let himself down last time he was at Chelsea. Um, I just don't see how he's a step forward for West Brom at the minute. I mean, I think if you're going down to the Championship, you need someone that's got experience at that level. Because it's, it's, yeah. it's two games a week, isn't it? I mean, we're not going to have a big squad to deal with that as it yeah. is. So, 
I'm not sure it's the right move. It's it's so short term as well, isn't it? I mean, the it bloke's is. the bloke's 69 exactly. years old. This is just speculation, of course. We must reiterate that at this point. We're just going by what Scolari himself has said, and, and we're kind of trying to pick the bones out of it. But uh, you know, for argument's sake, he's 69 years old. Very much like Redknapp at Blues, it was never going to yeah. be a long term thing. It'd be so left field as well when you look at the market in the minute. Yeah, the people that are there, it's just. It's just all... not very West Brom either. No, no, it's really not. It just not. doesn't make sense. To I'd me much rather focus on those that we are, you know, trying to kind of tempt into coming to the club, you know, yeah. the likes of Potter and McInnes and Appleton and Smith and these kind of names yeah. that you can't, you know, they're going to have fresh ideas, aren't they? Yeah. Certainly something different to what I think, we've had. I think that is what we need. I think we need a young manager now. We've tried the old, the old guard, tried and tested. It hasn't worked out. I mean, we've got an aging squad as well. I think the whole club just needs to yeah. think about lowering the age a bit. It's now. like a phoenix now. We need we need them to like we need them to be reborn again now and just. And I just think, I think the the way to go now is a young manager, new ideas. I mean, someone that plays attractive football because it's obviously the style that the fans desire. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just. I can't look past Dean Smith. No, so I know. I, I, know. I, can't, I, think, I, think I can't look at anybody. Really. Birmingham Live Towers is Dean Smith Central, <laughs> isn't it? We're, I think we've got that many kind of fans of Smith that, you know, I, I suppose we were, we were talking about this in the office the other day. I, I suppose it would be interesting to see what Villa do. Yeah. Um, and, and whether, you know, if they don't go up, which is a real possibility, whether they keep Steve Bruce, because all of a sudden then you've got two teams in this area that are looking for managers probably in the same pool. I suppose Smith would come into that category where he, you know, he would attract attention from both clubs. I think he's isn't his family. His Villa family, fans well. Villa fans. You know, he's from, he's from from West, West Brom, Brom, so yeah. you know, he um, he's got a lot of links with the West Midlands. I think he would jump at the chance personally to to come back to to manage one of the clubs. Uh, so I mean, yeah, it's obviously we're in limbo now, aren't we? It's a kind of it's the call everyone wanted. The Albion fans. It was very, very obvious that Albion fans wanted Dean, uh, wanted Alan Pardew to be out of the club. It's a shame it was made a bit too late, to be honest. Yeah, it was just yeah, it was just much of a muchness, really. The, the the situation that we've left ourselves in. You know, you either get rid of him six weeks ago uh, when you give yourself a chance of staying in the league, or you just you think, well, I think having Big Dave, you know. It's kind of galvanised the fans now. Yeah. They're all be- they're all behind him. I mean, it's give us that kick really that we needed a month ago. Once as soon as we were knocked out of the FA Cup, yeah, we had nothing to play for. No, that was we that needed was something. No one could get behind Pardew. <laughs> to be honest, Big Dave, he's done a lot now because he's before his career's even started, he's taken a relegation on his. Well, yeah, you made this point yesterday, didn't you? And I, Just, I, I thought to myself, that's, that's such a great. You know, it shows it? shows how much love he's got for the club. So. I mean, as far as Albion fans are concerned, he can't lose. It doesn't matter what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose that relegation with CB, people always look back at this situation now and yeah. know that he, it, it's anything but his fault, I suppose. But it seems like the players are behind him as well. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the videos of them training. Smiles here, twigrins. I know. And even Just Nassim seems... Chadley's fit as well. <laughs> well, I say fit. He's, he's, he's running around anyway, so uh, it makes you wonder, you know, if you, you know what, what might have gone on there, whether he, he, it'd be interesting to see if he... Um, plays a part against Swansea on Saturday because if so you think to yourself well hold on you'd think it'd be too early if yeah. he does play a part then they did say Pardew did say a number of weeks ago that yeah. he, he hopes to see Chadley and Morrison back and Sturridge as well it looks like it's going to be another week where Sturridge is perhaps not fit but we're going to see we're going to find out anyway soon but uh, yeah it, I suppose all they can do now is is try and muster a few results and 
I then think just, they're just playing for pride now. They've just got to give Albion fans something to cling on to next season because, as we were talking about in the in the podcast last week, it would just be dreadful if they went into the back of next season having not won any of the last you know, 15, 20 Which games. Is, the way they've been playing it is possible. And I think the, that the most dangerous thing about this whole situation is just the complete apathy. Like, there's no, no one even cares anymore. I don't, I no one's even angry about what's going on. They're just letting it happen. Look back a few weeks ago. Look at West Ham. West Ham fans are storming <laughs> the pitch and our fans were kind of just... They're oh, just okay. like, we just leave. We'll, <laughs> we'll let it happen. Boo, just, let's go. <laughs> that's, there's hardly a boo, that's the I know, thing. it's... Oh, OK, we've and got it is again. so damaging. I know, it's dreadful. It really and, is bad news. I, I just hope they've got... Obviously, a very, very special afternoon against Southampton with the Cyril Regis... Yeah. Um, uh, celebrations and of of his life uh, back in February, but since then it's been uh, yeah. I think that that's a one shot in light from this season. Yeah, it? that 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 day, the way the club put everything together that day. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, here's hoping that the big Dave can kind of boot them up the backside and and you know just get a response from them and and hopefully uh, we'll have something to cling on to. Um, should Mister Scolari or anyone else. Uh, <laughs> Walk into um, the club this summer and have something to kind of work with. We all know the club's going, the, the squad's going to be taken apart. And yeah, it's, it's, a shame. it's one hell of a rebuild, but uh, I, I don't think it's going to be quite the championship that we were last in. No, so it, you know it's we're going to need much higher quality. We're going to we're going to need someone. We're going to need someone who can, um, you know, kind of bridge that gap. I suppose someone with yeah. a bit of experience, the second tier. Uh, so anyway, this weekend, this week's guest. Uh, we had into uh, Birmingham live office uh, was Pat Frost. He was Albion kit man uh, during the years of Roy Hodgson, Steve Clark. Uh, either side, he's been Albion. Uh, he's been England kit man uh, for um, all the uh, kind of the youth levels and, and, and the ladies levels. Uh, and he left Albion to return to um, to that role in uh, in 2014, I think it was. So um, he, he very very kindly in between uh, kind of you know jumping around different uh, parts of the continent, uh, came in and, and, and kind of just regaled all, um, all his stories. And he, he talked about Odd and Wingy, he talked about Steve Clark and, and you know, the backroom staff and, and the role that the likes of Keith Downing played. Um, so it was, a, it was a really, really interesting insight. So give it a listen. So I'm here with uh, former Albion kit man, uh, Pat Frost, who's now uh, with England on, on, your, on your travels all over the world. Uh, where, where are you going tomorrow, Pat? I'm off to uh, a place called La Manga tomorrow in southern Spain for a warm weather training camp. And what, what level is that for England? It's the women's under-20s, but it's quite a big thing because it's preparation for their World Cup in the summer in northern France. And have you been with England as, lo- as long as since you left Albion? Uh, I have, yeah. I was with England from t- I've been with England since 2004. I took a couple of years out when the job came up at Albion. And I did a couple of years under Steve Clark and Roy. And then went back to England. So what were you? What were you doing before before Albion? Um, it's just the the youth squads with the uh, England teams, female and male. Eventually got the under twenty ones job with Stuart Pearce. Lucky enough to do that. One of my all time England uh, heroes. Um, and then did the World Cup in South Africa and the World Cup in Brazil with the senior team as an assistant to the lad who's still there now. That would have been. Uh quite experienced I mean 2010 and 2014 weren't I mean for England as a, as a fan it probably wasn't the greatest viewing especially 2010 but to be out there and in and amongst all these players and you know experiencing that kind of atmosphere in, in those in those cities that hosted the uh, the matches yeah if, you, been... if you've never followed England away it's worth doing just 
especially with the big tournaments, because wherever in England go, they take more fans than anywhere else. Yeah. And pretty much they are well behaved. There might be yeah. the odd bit of trouble, but they're pretty much well behaved. And they get everywhere. And most countries love having them there because there's so many of them. Yeah. Um, so on Albion then, you were there 2011, is it? 2010? Yes. My first game was we, we lost away at Chelsea 2 1. And then my first game was Stoke City at home. Oh, God. That was where well, we got Pulist. Oh yeah, last minute winner by Ryan Shotton. I know, of all it? players, of all yeah. players, Ryan Shotton. Right. God, that was when you wondered whether we were ever going to lose yeah. this hoodoo until we actually appointed strike, Pulis, yeah. <laughs> so you were there up until, was it the was it as far as Pepe Mal? No, I left on January the 5th, the day we got beat by Palace at home in the FA Cup. God, And yeah. I think Pepe Mal took over three, four weeks later. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was... Uh, that's quite a way to sign off. I was there that day. That was a yeah, was, grim yeah. day again, yeah, wasn't it? Was, Another yeah. team we got Pulis by. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's obviously a number of players still out. Well, I say a number of players. There's, there's still one or two, isn't there? Yeah, there are. Who are yeah. there. So you've got Mars and, and Brunty and, and Ben as well. Yeah, Craig um, Dawson. And Dawson as, as well. And Gaz Bo- McCauley and Boaz. And they're, they're still... I mean, that's... For, for a squad of players that... When they all signed, you know... Individually, over the course of the four or five years yeah. between the first and the last, I don't think there'd have been too many Albion fans would have expected that much of them, would they? You know, in terms of longevity and no, not at all. I mean, I can remember um, Gaz McCauley. I think he he started that summer, so it started the same time as me. But obviously, he'd done pre-season. I didn't do pre-season that year. That was when I first started. I can remember they used to put the squad up after the last training session on a Friday. The squad that was going to travel. While they're, at tra- while they're outside training, the squad would then go up for the travelling party. And, and Gareth would come out of the dressing room and he'd walk straight over to see what the squad was. And he actually wasn't in it to start with. And no. when you think what we've had him off him since, yeah. it's quite amazing to think that he wasn't even getting in the squad. Because that, that was, I'm trying to think, it was obviously Jonas as well was in that yeah. team uh, under Roy at the start. And then... Gabriel Tamas. Gabby, Gabby Tamas, yeah. yeah. And Dawson as well, who was yeah. before he went off to Bolton on yeah. loan. He was there, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So... <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, and I remember the, the Birmingham Mail writer at the time, Bill, wrote about it, um, to have Gareth McCauley at the age of 31, hasn't kicked a Premier League football before, got him on a free, on the, away from Ipswich or whatever, and then you watch Wolves now, Roger Johnson, who has just won the League Cup and you know done a good yeah. job at Blues and spent serious money on him. And yet, it's remarkable how much we've got out of him. That you think he hasn't played, he hadn't played a game before he was 31 in the Premier yeah. League. And I, I, when I'm away on these England trips, I speak to the likes of Lee Cardy, Paul Williams, Aidy Boothroyd, and they all tell me what value for money Gareth McCauley was. Yeah. They all think he was probably one of the best signings, not in Premier League history, but on those sort of terms, when you're yeah. talking about Albion and getting him for free and getting the amount of appearances in the Premier League we've had out of him. No, you know, it's, it was a signing of the century for us. So how would you sum up your time at Albion? They, they were good years, weren't they, really? In between you getting there, they were, they were, they yeah, were the 10th place finish and an 8th place finish. When you can compare it to the current day, it's, you know... Under um, Steve Clark, when we finished 8th, um, I think everyone knows it was like winning the Premier League. We couldn't have finished any higher. No. You know, the big the seven teams above us were the seven teams who were always going to finish above us. Yeah. And to finish 8th, it's almost what you aim for, sort of thing, you know. So it was... Um, I'll never forget the end of the season. I think Liverpool played at Swansea. And five minutes before the end of the game, I'd nipped in to see if Swansea were losing at home to Liverpool. And I think they got beat 2-0, which guaranteed us eighth. And I remember tapping Kev Keane on the show saying, Swansea are getting beat 2-0, so we're going to finish eighth. And I just remember Dean, Keith, 
um, Kev and the gaffer's face is when they realised they were going to finish eighth because it was some achievement, you know. Was that was that regardless of the United score? Because obviously we we got a point in that game against United on the last game of the season. I think that just cemented. I think because they got beat, so it wouldn't have mattered. It, I don't think it would have mattered. To be fair, that was just a bonus. But the so. fact that they got beat, and but I think at the time when I tapped him on his shoulder. I think we were actually getting beat by United. So yeah, yeah. Even then, it was even better finish than we thought. Yeah. Um, so, what well, I mean, it, obviously, it's it's really really good to have an insight as as a fan listening to someone that's so close up and personal. What what were the personalities of Roy and Steve like? You know, speaking to them on a daily basis, weekly basis, whatever. You know, what were they kind of as managers of the club? Um, well, they were they were, they were actually both quite different, but. Similar, if that makes sense, in their their ethics on football, yeah. you know, Roy would always he'd always come in with a smile on his face, and the, he'd be shaking everybody's hands and stuff like that. And Steve maybe would have not been as close to the players as what Roy was, yeah. but still got well, he got the maximum amount of them. I never forget we played um, Liverpool at home first game of the season, yeah. and he uh, he got everybody in a huddle. Um, the, you know, when we beat them three 0 Yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget this huddle. It, was, it lasted two or three minutes. The rest banging on the door, the linesman's banging on the door. He wants us to get out. He wants us to get out. But Steve Clark is just talking about the group, what we're going to do at the Hawthorns, and everything else. And I'm not kidding. I'm not embarrassed to say. I think I had. I got quite emotional because he's talking about my club now. Yeah. And I think I got tears rolling down my face. It was. It was that. Um, it was just brilliant. And obviously we beat him three 0 Could have been four or five. It was. It was a great and day. I don't need to tell you the start we had then. Obviously. We then went and drew at Tottenham. We beat Everton, yeah. and you know, at the end of October, early November, we're still in the top three. You know, it was great. <laughs> it was. It hasn't got as good as that yet. Uh, no, you know, ever since. Yeah. But um, I mean, that was a talented squad, wasn't it? That 2012 squad. You you line those players up, and obviously you had Rom come off the bench, but Shane Long leading the line, who, who just absolutely terrified defenders, even if he didn't score as many as he'd have liked. You had players like Gear and Odin Wingy behind. I mean, they were that was a really, really yeah, strong team. We had some unsung heroes as well, like Michael Antoine Fortuna. Oh, he's still knocking yeah, there. He was such a fan. He had a great spell under Steve Clark, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, what about um, kind of uh, the backroom staff? Didn't change too much, did it? I mean, yeah, yeah. Dean Dean Carly was there throughout, yeah, Dean. and and, uh, and Keith Downing. Keith stayed there, and yeah. they. Again, they were probably unsung heroes by the end, weren't they? In that, what followed after you'd left? Yeah, they were actually. I, I remember going to Stoke, and some of the fans got onto Keith's back, and I, I, he, I'd still speak to him now because obviously he works at England. Yes. Um, and I remember him saying, Alan Irving said to him, what, "What's all this from?" He said, "I think they're talking about me, not you." Are. And I, I don't. I think people underestimate how good Keith Downing was. You know, he's just come back from the Euros last year and won it with the yeah. England on the 19s. Dean as well. There's no surprise that Roy's taken him to Palace with him. So you know, yeah. Roy doesn't suffer fools. So I think they were underestimated slightly. You know, the time when um, Steve left, between Steve leaving and Pepe Mel coming, those points we got under Keith and Dean yeah. probably kept us in the league. We won that one game, didn't we? Uh, Newcastle was it New Year's yeah. Day? Newcastle, we drew at West Ham, drew, we drew at, Spurs, at Tottenham. Yeah, you know, consecutive, and I think I think we got something like seven or eight points over the four games, and I think that probably kept us up. People will point to Keith and um, Dean's involvement and their contributions, even after Pepe arrived at the club. Hundred percent, no? yeah, hundred percent. And I think, think the chairman said to them, "Just keep us up in the Prem, will you?" And they did. Do you think his roots with Wolves kind of perhaps 
played against him a little bit. Well, I'm sure they didn't help, but unbelievably, you know, Keith will tell you, although he spent all his time at Wolves and he he probably never have to buy a drink ever again there. Yeah. He's actually from Brum. He's a yeah, yeah. he calls himself a blue nose. He's you know he's he said he, there's no affection within Wolves. Although he, there is, but you know it's yeah. not like it's the Albion Wolves yeah. um, history sort of thing. He's a blue nose, simple as that, and yeah. that's where he spends a lot of his time. So going back to the squad during your time at the squad, yeah. uh, during your time at the club, um, the squad um, that you would have been alongside. I suppose we're just kind of looking for anecdotal, kind of quirky little stories. Uh, what would you, what could you say about that squad? You know, is it, in terms of the characters there, and you know, anything from kind of requests, for kit, and you know, requirements. If you know what, blimey, it's going back a few years. Now. I always <laughs> had to. You've done a lot. There's a lot. More I know. To yeah, say. I always had to leave Ben a little bit of a dairy milk chocolate because he'd like a cup of tea or coffee at half time. <laughs> so we'd always have a little block of dairy milk. Um, loves his trainers, Ben, doesn't he? He does like his trainers, yeah. I collect um, Adidas trainers. He collects all sorts of trainers. <laughs> and I think he's um, he's got them on show at his house and he's, I think I'm about 300 pairs behind him. He, does, <laughs> he's, he calls himself a sneakerhead, obviously. Um, but there's... I can't, do you know, I can't remember anything specific. It's been that long now. I mean, five or six years. It'll come back to me as you start, even as we go through, I'm sure. <laughs> But then you've been you've you've obviously seen a lot of changing rooms and whatnot with England yeah, since then, haven't you? Yeah, so, changing rooms, yeah, yeah. You so, see all sorts. So England, then where where's the kind of if you could like kind of almost paint a map of where you've been in that time with England? Because it seems like, as I said to you earlier, you know, going by your Twitter account, it's like you're in somewhere a different country every week. Yeah, I'm actually very lucky because we travel the world with England. Um, I've been lucky enough to do seven or eight, seven or eight World Cups and obviously won a gold medal last year. Yeah. Um, which is a brilliant experience. I've done maybe 25 European Championships, and they're all different. They're all different venues, all different places, and you meet some great people online. And I take my Albion flag with me pretty much wherever yeah. I go. It always, you know, instigates conversation and stuff like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I've picked up Albion fans over the years with the flag and stuff like that. Got some people to have pictures with them. And when I went to Korea, I bought um, from the Albion shop. I bought. Um, out of my own money by the way 40 Albion shirts to give out Why? just to Koreans there and I can remember somebody sent me a picture about 10 minutes into the World Cup final when it was live on TV that there's four Koreans wearing Albion tops <laughs> and the camera had homed in on them sort of thing you know so it was good back in the Megson days they were in Korea is that or is that more recent this was last week this was oh, last right. season okay. sorry at the God. World Cup right no yeah. I thought you meant senior World Cup no no this um, was la- with the under 20s last um Last season. That's, I mean, you know, I'm trying to think of who had any Koreans. Kim Do Hyun a Korean? Uh, I think. I can't. Hey, Inamoto you know was Japanese, wasn't Inamoto he? Was Japanese, I, think, yeah. I think he might have been Korean. I'm trying to think whether we've. Because uh, they used to be. Inamoto used yeah, to have yeah. his family there. He yeah, used he to did, see yeah. them every yeah. every week. Yeah, I remember. So, um, how does it work then with him? Because obviously you're still a huge, huge Albion fan. Yeah. And I suppose you go home and away. I've got an away season you. ticket, yeah. So how does that work with your work in terms of, you know, kind of the balance? Well, I'll probably miss about six or seven games a season, that's all. Obviously, I shall miss tomorrow. Uh, sorry, Saturday's game because I'm going to Spain tomorrow. And I probably won't quite get back for the following Saturday. I shall be back for the United game and I think that's me for the rest of the season. I'll see the rest of the games. Oh, will you? Yeah. So you'll be, uh, you'll be going up to Newcastle and, yes, I will and the be, Palace. Yeah. I mean, they're the longer, they're yeah, the longer they journeys, yeah, aren't I'll they? Yeah, I get the good ones, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not particularly looking forward to, to United because I've got a horrible feeling that might be the day we... We are trying to work that out the other day in yeah. the office, actually. You know, when, when can it happen? When can the worst-case you know, the, uh, the worst scenario 
can I think reality. it could be United. Depends be. on how yeah. we, I suppose, how we get on the next couple how of games. Go, yeah. We've got one Wolves fan in the office who loves reminding me about how the, the idea that a very very realistic um, idea that Albion could go down the same week Wolves go up okay. and yeah. um, doesn't I, I fill me with joy don't like think we'll be hearing the end of it from no, him uh, sure, if that yeah. happens because uh, as regards to next season we look at the current the current day um, as bleak as it is and Blues and are in, Blues are in a battle at the minute yeah. and obviously you've got the other two sides at the other at the other end of the championship so from a fan perspective it's a, it's quite a talking point really you know would you actually quite like to see Villa stay down so you play you have a derby next year because we haven't had a derby for the last couple of years no. um, or would you rather they went up and kind of we, we avoided them um, do, you, do you get you get excited by derby day or do you just fill you with dread no I do get excited by derby day but you do fill with dread as well because the last thing you want to do is lose and our record against Villa over the last couple you know when they beat us twice in a week were yeah. you there both games yeah it was yeah. The, that um, was horrible and obviously we haven't played Wolves for a while and I, I do you, you do miss playing them I don't care they want us to get relegated, I'm sure they do, and we want them to stay down and everything else, but they'll miss playing us just like we miss playing them. Because it has been a while, hasn't it? I yeah, mean, exactly. You know, yeah. we've, uh, we left that, that horrible, horrible permanent mark on them, and yeah. they, uh, yeah. they, they, haven't, they haven't really... Rec- well, they're finally recovering now. Yeah. That must have been some day as well as a, as a kit man for Albion. Yeah, it was. It was one, <laughs> one of my finest moments, actually. I'll never forget it. it was, um, I'd been, I think we'd beat Villa the week before, I think. I can't remember. It, uh, we beat. We certainly beat Villa at that season, didn't yeah. we? Um, because Sharna had his yeah, his vest on. And didn't I, I can remember saying to Peter on the Monday morning when he came back in, I said, "Don't forget, Peter, it's Wolves uh, this weekend. So I just want you to go to bed thinking of goals, thinking of goals every night this week." <laughs> and obviously, he scored three goals. And when he scored his first one, I'm at Wolves. There's a there's a technical bench which is behind the dugout, so you're not really nice. the view's not brilliant. You're pitch level, but obviously, I've seen him score the goal. And I've sort of like stood up and gently applauded because I've got all the Wolves fans behind and you're wearing your Albion kit. And I could hear him, I could see him running over to the bench and then I could hear him, he started shouting, where's Pat, where's Pat? And I'm thinking, oh God, I'm going to have to get up. He singled you out? Yeah, he did, yeah. So (laughs) I got up and shook his hand sort of thing and then a couple of the other players and Marco came over and they started pulling me on the pitch and I've ended up maybe one or two feet on the pitch and you're not supposed to do that. Um, But the day itself was brilliant and then... Peter, the final whistle. Peter's gone over to the fans and he's shown them the match ball, which is great. And I've sort of gone over, gone over to him and pretended to wrestle it off him, sort of thing, you know. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, but he's recently gave that to one of the girls' charity events. Yes, yeah, I have with, seen. Yeah, because he's, he's um, we're trying to drag him over. There's, there's been other things that have gone on, other charity events that have been going on. Yeah. Um, and obviously Richard Eads, um, yeah. you know that that charity match as well. That's something that. Yeah. You know, players have, have very, very kindly been getting involved in. Yeah. It's obviously not easy for Pete, is it? You know no, where he is, but um, you know, I think I think fans. The way he left the club, it was. It was disappointing. It I, was, it was because I think if you speak to any Albion fan that's very level-headed, that you know has ever met him, yeah. you can say you know how top of bloke he is. Yeah. Um, and it really was a shame, wasn't yeah. it, the way he left? Yeah. Because, because most fans love the bloke, to be fair. And I think he knows that. I don't think we've had a striker quite. Uh, no, you know, he's haven't. one player that we yeah. seem to be missing in that yeah. in that in that uh, in the current in the current setup, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. If we had Peter Adam winging now from 2012, 2013, I'm pretty sure we'd be okay. Because he, he obviously he's another one like McCauley. He never played in the Premier League no, before. No, no. He came at the age of 29, and yeah. the um, top scorer in the yeah, yeah. Premier League top scorer, isn't he? Yeah. So what was um, that, that? What was your finest? I mean, the Wolves one probably was quite hard to beat, but what was your favourite match otherwise, you know, perhaps at the Hawthorns, in your time at the club? At my time at the club? Um, 
Blimey. We beat uh, we beat Chelsea at home, didn't we? And I think Gareth might have scored. That was actually probably only a few weeks after Wolves, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think their head coach might have got sacked that day. Oh, yes, AVB, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Um, Roy had got a little... Um, that was under Roy, I think, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, he'd got um, a, a coach's room, manager's office just by the dressing room. And I, he, he's walking in, he said, oh, Pat, just need some milk for a cup of tea. So I've gone in to get him some milk uh, and just took it in there and I've, I've barred straight in and there's just him talking to uh, the head coach. Bias, yeah, yeah, so it was a little bit awkward and obviously I think maybe an hour later or that evening he'd got the sack. So you see, it's, it's times like, you know, it's still a little bit awkward when the opposition manager, I think it happened to... Roberto as well, didn't it? It did a year later, yeah. So you do you get to see all sorts of stuff, and obviously the Fergie, the five five, yeah, was unbelievable. You know, I'll never forget that as long as I live. It was uh, an amazing day. Uh, and and what? A, uh, how how long have you been? I'll be I'll be a fan of your whole life. My whole life since night. I think I was there when um, I can't remember. But my dad told me I was there when. Brian Robson made his debut. Why? I want to say it was somewhere like York City in 74, 75, but yeah. I can't remember, but he was there. And my first game was um, we beat Bristol Rose at home in 1973, I think, and we beat him 3-0. But at the time, we were living in North Wales. So I've had it from my old man, really, because we would travel up from yeah. North Wales to the games. And you were hooked from there. Yeah, we was, yeah. 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 So getting the Albion job then must have been... Well, how Did that come... Did they kind of offer you it, or did you no, kind of get... A, it's a ridiculous story. If you've got a couple of minutes, I'll tell <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, of course, yeah. We're going on a family holiday to um, Rhodes or Cos. I can't remember, Cos. And, and we're, we're leaving at three o'clock in the morning. And you know the home alone scene where you don't want to oversleep and miss your flights. Yes. So I thought, right, I'm not going to go to bed. It's 11 o'clock. I'm going to tatter around. So I thought, I'll make sure Albion aren't playing Cos Town away while I'm there. <laughs> and I've gone on the website. And the first thing you see was first team kit manager. So that night, I think, before we left, I sent... Just a rubbish email telling them what I did, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm interested. Thank you very much. Never thought nothing of it. The following day, I'm lying on a sun lounge with my speedos on, and <laughs> I get a phone call from, um, oh, blimey. Anyway, someone from the club rang me. He said, uh, we'd like to offer you the uh, uh, kitman job. I went, what, just like that? He said, well, if what you put in your email is right, well, um, we'd like to offer you the job. I'm like, yeah, okay, blah, blah, blah. And I actually put the phone down on him, and the phone rang straight away. I actually thought it was a wind-up. So then I had a chat with him for half an hour, and he said, look, they haven't got a kit man because obviously Dave, God rest his soul, yes. wasn't very well and stuff like that. Um, so I spoke to him again later that afternoon. He asked if I could go back, and I said I couldn't. But because I, we'd literally only just got there, and I've got grandkids and children there. So I said, I can't come back. I said, but, you know, I can send one of my kitmen in because I employ kitmen, you know, yeah. I employ kitmen. I said, I'll send one in to look after it for a week or two. He said, yeah, okay, brilliant. So that's what I did. And then the day I got back off my holiday, I went round to see him. And uh, it started from there. That, and then what, I mean, that is a, that's quite a phone call to take yeah, when you're was, uh, yeah. sitting on a sun lounge just somewhere, you know. Yeah, but the hardest thing of that, of course, was I then got a ring Stuart Pierce. Um, and let him know. Him, yeah, to tell him what I was doing. Uh, so, that, so that was a tough call to make. That I don't doubt that Stuart knew you were a big Alpine fan. Oh yeah, you? he knows. Yeah, and he, <laughs> do you know what? He was. Um, I did the twenty ones fixture at Wolves last week, and we had a little catch up because he was doing the co commentary. I think so. I caught up with him. I, our path still crossed. So yeah, yeah. seems seems a top bloke, Stuart. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. 
And what are the at the other end then? What dragged you away from Albion? What was the was there a, was there well your own decision? The kitman's the kitman work started. I've got a transport business, and um, I had a phone call in two thousand and four saying, "Look, we've got some stuff to go to um, Sweden. Can you do it?" And it was transport. I said, "Yeah, I'll do. It, no problem." And later on, found out it was England football kit. I took it to the the hotel myself, and I can remember chatting to the head coach and just saying, "Look, I've just bought the kit here. It's there. You know." I'm coming back in three days to pick it up. The England under-19s were playing a friendly against Sweden. And I got chatting to the head coach. Look, if you're not doing anything, why don't you come and help? So I did. I'd never had any experience at all. And we hit it off. And then it just went on from there. And eventually I started taking on a couple more kit men. And I now supply them to the uh, football associations of England, Scotland and Wales. And right. we take their kit by road, you know, wherever they're going. Oh, right. And the business has started to suffer a little bit when I was at Albion because I was trying to keep down a full-time job and run the business as well Um, and I just had to make a decision whether I could afford to do both or lose one or the other and the business was worth a bit more financially to me so that's why I left but uh, you know I'm not going to lie when I went I I mentioned it to Dean Carley I said look I'm going to have to leave he said well you better go and tell the gaffer sort of thing and it was uh, to go into Steve Clark's office and sit down and tell him you know it was a it was a tough 10 15 minutes cuz he was, and I that did was shed a tear. that was all you'd have known that's all he'd have known as well yeah you, yeah albion from yeah. the minute you, he walked through the door he sees you there and you know do you know what i think he, he arrived on mid june and i was there sorting out um, the new kit for pre-season and there was only myself my assistant there and i think dan Ashworth was there and he, he brought steve down and uh, he said, Pat, I want to introduce you to the new head coach. And I hadn't got a clue. I knew we were appointing. In fact, I remember at the time, I think we Chris Hooton was favourite. He was, you. yeah, big favourite. So favorite. when Steve walked through the door, he was a bit of a surprise sort of thing. So. Not that much was expected of Steve Clark, was there really? No, when he nothing. walked through the door, you think, no. wow, this is a bit of a gamble here. Because, yeah. you know, in terms of giving the job to someone, very much like Appleton at the minute, being yeah. linked, you know, someone that has had precious managerial yeah. experience and, you know, yeah, no, but if Dan Ashworth's appointing him, you know it's pretty yeah. much going to be okay. Yeah. Dan Ashworth doesn't get much wrong, to be fair. We miss Dan, you think, because, I mean, he, ever since, he's doing a great job with England, and you're seeing the fruits at, at youth level now. Yeah. But people we, still yearn for him at the Albion, don't yeah, they? Yeah, we do. And um, I did say to him the other day, because he, obviously he comes away on trips mm. and what have you, and he said, how's things going? I said, all right. I said, but you know, we're all blaming you for what's happening at Albion. <laughs> and he said, well, what do you mean? Are you blaming me? I said, well, you left. Um... <laughs> And he knows, I tell him, don't worry how much we miss him. He yeah. knows how much we miss him. No, that's, um, that's reassuring. I wonder if, because he's been linked with even bigger things now, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I don't know where he goes from here. Man, Man United, oh, there, there, was, there, was, there, was, there was chat in the last couple of months at Man United looking uh, okay. for that kind of bridge between um, Ed Woodward, isn't it? The, yeah. the kind of the, the chief exec and uh, okay. the guy that does the deal. I did but tell he, him if I win a, the Euro Millions, he's coming back when yeah. I buy the club, he's coming back. <laughs> Big transfer key yeah, to spend. Yeah. So, just a final word then on the current day, without trying to end on a bad note. Yeah. Um, what you, what do you see Albion? Where do you see Albion going next season? There's there's a worry, I suppose. You look at Sunderland and Hull this yeah. year and that end of the the division. Um, I mean, even Norwich haven't really got anywhere in the last no, year or two. So, where do you see Albion going? There's going to be quite a turnaround clearly in in the summer in terms of the squad. Yeah. There's going to be players leaving, um, players potentially retiring, and. Yeah. You know, players that are going back who are on loan. So you're going to potentially need a new manager. Yeah. If if that happens, if that comes to fruition, so that's going to have to be sorted asap. Then you're going to have to have the the whole squad almost rebuilt, aren't you? There's going yeah. to be players that are going to be. Yeah, I'll be amazed if we don't have a new head coach at the start of the summer. If we stop up, it'll be nothing short of miraculous. So mm. I've resigned myself to the fact that we. Yeah, I think many have. Yeah. 
could we do with Sunderland? Listen, you don't know. Listen, I reckon there'll be about 12 clubs in the Championship next season with average gates bigger than ours. So, you know, if you think we're going to go down there and just waltz through the league, Aston Villa found out it's, it's not the sort of thing you can do easy. I'm not saying they're not going to go up now, but yeah, they were not. close. They sailed a bit closer to the win last season, didn't yeah. they? So it's going to be a tough old season. It's not the division we left, is it? When we, when we no, were bouncing around 10 no. years ago, we... We seem to enjoy playing. Yeah, you, know, you almost guarantee you'd top put two. your mortgage on us coming straight back up. Yeah. You wouldn't do that next season. No. But it won't stop me going. It'll be much. It'll be Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Yeah, Shrewsbury away. Shrewsbury down the road <laughs> for me. I'm not, you know, I'd rather go to Shrewsbury away than Sunderland, I suppose, distance-wise. But <laughs> I'll still be buying my away season ticket next season. Brilliant. Well, Pat, thank you very, very much no for your problem. time. Thanks for coming Thanks in. For inviting um, me. And, yeah, boing, boing, I suppose. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, so that was uh, that was Pat Frost. Um, thanks again to Pat for for, for joining us and um, for giving us uh, an insight into his time at the Hawthorns. Um, that's that's that for the for this week. Um, remember, you can subscribe to our, our podcast through uh, through iTunes. Um, and yeah, it, it, look out for um, another edition of Woman Corner next weekend. Yeah.